Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh, joined as ever by my colleagues Ray and Mike. Mm-hmm. Ray and Mike, hello. say hello. hello. I'm Mike. Hello. Hello. I think it's Did been Mike a minute. Just drop? <laughs> it's been a minute since we're here. No, Mike just doesn't like people um, because we're coming to you live from the quarantine 2020 self isolation. We're at it. I really don't like the way you put 2020, implying that there's more to come. Oh, no. Well, actually, if anything, this is 2020 part one. Oh, my cause, gosh. Because cause we're going we're gonna to have a summer, and then the fall is going to happen, and then it's going to we're, – we're guys, we're going to do this again. That's the, that's the best part about this is, like, this oh, is boy. just practice for part two. Phase one is nearly complete. Phase two is only just beginning. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Can we can we talk about the quarantine and how it's affecting tech games, our lives? It's not great. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of hard to not talk about it cuz it's a hyper object. It's ever present in everything we do in our day. Hyper present. <laughs> that's that's Quite a fair assessment yes. of it. When I, okay. I think it, you know, the the impact is in in such areas that the you know the the knock on and ripple effects are in in areas where we don't you know we're not even fully aware of or we might not see the impact of for you know six twelve eighteen twenty four months you know sure and, you know right now we're talking about hey Doom and Animal Crossing came out but like those games were basically already done by the yeah. time all this craziness started to come but like things that were slated for this year later next year things that are close to development in the middle of de- end of development middle of development like what what are these work at home measures going to do to the production because i i just imagine and you know ray you might be able to speak to this a little bit being in the industry but like even working from home you just don't have the same co- you know collaborative capacity just being on oh my site gosh. with a team of artists and and designers and and whatnot and and just slowing things down or for the folks who outsource some of their artwork to China and, and, and those delays happening like that. I just can't, I can't imagine that this is going to be something that's, we're not going to feel for a while with, with games getting delayed, canceled, modified. Let me just say going from a studio of 200, we're just meeting and interacting with everyone to just like everybody working from home and just having to deal with that. That sucks in ways I didn't know was possible. Do, doing simple things like pulling the build of the game just to test out parameters is not only hard, sometimes it's just like frustrating, uh, especially for a lot of the artists on our team. Um, a lot mm. of the artists need to interact with others to say, hey, what does this asset look like? Can you go ahead and give me some like feedback on it? And it's... It can sometimes be difficult for them to like give good cohesive feedback on specific assets or level designs and whatnot. Uh, oh, my heart goes out to the level designers having to work on our build remotely. Oh my gosh! Just hoping that you have a really good internet connection that's stable enough to kind of remote in to get uh, certain builds of our game and then start manipulating it from a different server farm when you used to be able to manipulate right there on the PC. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, you know, is there is there any anxiety or worry about, like, you know, potentially, like, some versioning issues where you're, you're, you think you're pulling the latest 
version of of something off of the server and it's actually an old one and, and you've done work that either is not it kind of on something that was out of date or doing work that then gets corrupted on the file you know back to the the you know the mothership like is there any concern or anxiety about something like you know a, a mistake like that or is it at least that part of the tech so it, it, it goes it goes to an issue that many people wouldn't consider and it's that uh, a lot of people um a lot of people when they came to the company they thought that i would go work for this company they have all the tools that i need and i'll just go from there but uh there are a lot of people in our company that do not have the proper equipment or even the most stablest of internet connection because mm -hmm. they weren't depending on that. So, I mean, to you what you're saying, office, like, why do I need to also have a thousand dollar PC and, and gigabit internet at home when I have that at work and you know at home I'm fine with a console and a you know a, a Rocket League casual gaming P, you know laptop like <laughs> it's fine, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I'm so, just saying you're going to have a lot of people probably in that situation where, you know, they they need the the Wacom tablet and all that wackiness that they have at work that they're not going to have at home because some people just aren't interested in having that kind of material at home because they just they do it at work they go home and they do something different they don't just continue that kind of stuff in their home life. Yeah, exactly. That that's what's caused like a lot of disruption for some of the people on my team particularly. Because uh, we've been taking it at our company very seriously. We've been asking people what sort of uh, items you have to work at home. What sort of help do you need? Do you have a stable internet connection? And you know, we're getting a lot of really good answers. And there's a lot of people that can work. But I, my heart does go out to those. And we are doing the best we can to help those that are just like, no, I never had anticipated anything like this. Uh, what can what can the company do to help me? And uh, bless our IT team. Oh my gosh, I, you mm -hmm. never know how much you need your IT until everything hits the fan, and it keeps hitting the fan, and it doesn't stop hitting the fan. And our repeatedly IT team, for days and days. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I I, I can't I get too much into the nitty gritty, but I can't say our IT team they're like now in like shifts of like there are people coming in and out of the office like man uh manning like 24-hour stations and it's like when we get back to the office i can't buy enough donuts and uh pizza and beer for you guys yeah i i work for a a, a multinational tech company and um i you know most of our presence is here in the united states but i i had to connect to the london vpn um working on thursday and friday because the the normal VPNs in our cities close by and here in my unidentified Midwestern state um, were all clogged up and, and not functioning because our VPN was never really mm -hmm. designed to handle every single employee from the company accessing it at one time from remote locations because typically, you know, 95% of your employees are in the office where you have your, you know, enterprise internet for 6,000 people. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a... It's definitely been a shift, it, and it, it's, you know, again, I, I think Ray points to it very eloquently, like, we're going to see delays, or we're going to see people coming out of the quarantine and, and creating that that typical crunch, and, and I, it's going to be very interesting to see how this impacts the landscape for games coming 
here in the next year or two um especially on the heels of the the new console launches so quite quite Ooh, interesting yeah. times we live in can i transit no go uh, please go please ahead. go ahead mike no no please I, I was kind of wondering about this the other day i don't know if there have been any reports about this and i know some parts of the world are getting um seem to have you know quote unquote flattened the curve if you will uh, but is there any chance uh, that I mean, I, so, uh, I, I we'd be looking at delays? We're, we're Mike is having some internet issues, so his audio is going to sound great to you, the viewer, but uh, to, to us, we're kind of having trouble. Uh, Mike, were you asking about, like, supply chain for the construction of the consoles? Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that, that what you were asking? That's, yeah. yeah, that's the my so what, question what, is what – what I've heard and what I've read about the the supply chain for the consoles is first, they haven't even begun worrying about manufacturing um, the the units that are going to go out to folks because I think um, you know you're you're looking at October you know September ish about when they will probably really be ramping um, that manufacturing process. I will say one of the big concerns has been. Um, some fluctuations in the pricing, things like RAM, um, especially because these newer boxes are supposed to be using some faster RAM and faster storage, that there have been mm-hmm. some concerns about getting the pricing um, stable enough to where you know, you're know you keeping them in that hopefully you know $500 range or whatever those consoles are. So there have been some concerns about that, um, but with... China now, a lot of the big manufacturers and even some of the smaller ones, since they've kind of on that downward side of the curve, they have started to ramp back up production. They have started getting folks back to work um, and the factories are coming back online. So as of right now, it doesn't seem like the supply is necessarily going to be an issue. Now, getting the cost in, in order, again, might be. Um, but when you're working with Sony and, and Microsoft, you're also working with somebody who's got a lot of leverage on that kind of process. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, mm-hmm. nothing imminent right now of a oh we might have a shortage of consoles come holiday time. That's just not your typical. You can only get so many because that's just how life works with a console launch. Uh, we we are right now talking about some companies like particularly me and Josh says that are being good actors. Let's switch gears to like a company that is now world renowned as a bad actor during this uh, crisis. We could call it the crisis. I think I think that's not an inappropriate word to use. Uh, let's talk about GameStop for like five minutes. <laughs> and, oh, oh my boy. gosh. Oh my word! How I've never seen a company so nakedly, brazenly not care about the health and welfare of the employee. It's like, uh, it's very funny. I, I can kind of speak to this a little bit because okay, uh, I work for unnamed company that is deemed somewhat essential. So I'm still working in my office, and I uh do not really have we don't really have any capacity to work remotely, which is an interesting thing, and I could. And uh, it's a whole it's a whole thing. We don't have time to unpack all that. But uh, GameStop also, you know, and like in California in particular, which is a state that is pretty heavily hit by this, uh-huh. uh, 
noted that um, you know they're you know all non-essential businesses need to you know not need to close, and so GameStop is like, uh, we are essential because people <laughs> when they work from home get upset that they don't have uh, a Deadpool T-shirt, so we need to stay open. And then the next day, after everyone yelled at them, they closed all their stores in California. <laughs> <laughs> They actually, uh, just yesterday, uh, they decided, okay, we will close all of our stores nationwide, but we're opening curbside and outside store kiosks to continue to sell games. And you just want to say, guys, give it a rest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, so I will say, like, I, I understand them saying like we're they should have done this a long time ago like they should have done curbside pickup for you know things you buy online pick up in store or you know um Mm -hmm. pre-release not pre-release god uh, i do it so frequently i forgot the word for um pre-order pre-ordering games and and things like that because obviously (laughs) like you know people are spending money on stuff and have already spent money and they want the product that they bought um when people are going to be home for a long time you know hey opportunity for a lot of people to play games that they've been you know trying to get to and haven't had the opportunity to so like mm-hmm. in some capacity i understand them wanting to be able to fulfill those for the customer but like having your actual store open for people to come in and congregate and touch things constantly like there was no reason for that um no i did actually see oh they're today, still taking trade-ins also yeah i did see today too that um Pennsylvania actually revoked their business license because they were refusing the order to uh, close. Like the governor revoked their business license, so like you know they they That's responded hilarious. to heavy action, um, which was good because they were not following the law. But I do think that there was probably some anxiety on at least GameStop's part that if they closed their stores, a lot of them wouldn't reopen, which I think is, yeah. a, is a valid. I feel like that's... uh, I didn't know that. I mean, because GameStop is not exactly in the best of straits these days, business-wise. No. And it feels like... So to take a couple weeks off of, you know, revenue probably puts them in a lot of danger. And I feel like there are... I imagine they will probably kind of take this to, like, soft pivot into, oh, we need to kind of rethink our business model so these stores are staying closed for the for now even after like um you know yeah. things kind of picked um, it back up you know it's funny reggie reggie fils joined the board of game spot GameStop like <laughs> three weeks ago if that which feels like an eternity but i'm i'm wondering if he's either looking at this as a great opportunity like okay guys we have the opportunity right now to change it. Or if he's thinking, yo, I got on this boat at the wrong time. Yeah, but Reggie's being brought on like, to well, save this that's all for ship. now. I'm going to go back to playing Animal Crossing New Leaf on my 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> he was never seen again. This TV looks like an apple. <laughs> uh, so... I didn't know that, Josh. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. That's that's like the shot and Freud I live for. The governor revoking their license to do business. That's amazing. That is amazing. I, I kind of feel for games. Uh, GameStop. I was about to say GameSpot. Damn no, these people. Um, 
Because how many people picked up their copy of Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing in store? And these are the same people that you'll see online saying like, Oh, screw this company. How dare you do that to their employees? Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go pick up my pre-order with my pre-order bonuses right now at my local brick-and-mortar GameStop. It was like, you... These people know they're part of the problem, they just don't care, and GameStop is banking on that. They, that's, they seriously are. Uh, and it's not like their employees are benefiting from it. There are reports of their employees like not getting disinfectant supplies, or yeah. <laughs> there are no paper masks, and GameStop is not following the 10 people for congregation rule. Grocery stores in my area are following the no 10 people to congregate rule, and that is a headache and a half for people that just want to get, like, basic food and supplies. Just lines out, lines wrapping around grocery stores, but GameStop, nah, come on in. Everyone, come on in. You got a trade-in you want to take? Let me touch my hands all over that. You want to touch anything? You can touch anything you want. Mm -hmm. If uh, you pre-order a... the Last of Us Two, we will let you touch our uh, <laughs> employees' face. Cough in their no face. No additional charge. Yeah, I would. I would call it an example of profit over people, but then that would require GameStop to actually be making a profit. So. <laughs> that oh, requires damn. profit. Oh, 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 oh. There's that. Spice. That face when you can't even exploit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that spice coming in. I like it. All right. Uh, can we talk about a couple of games? We sure can. That Let's sounds like a great pivot. So, this game means a lot to me, and I want your opinion on it, Josh. And I don't know if Mike has played it yet because I don't know if Mike is into these types of games. But uh, who's played the demo for the Final Fantasy VII remake? <sighs> there it is. There it is. Uh, Mike doesn't care. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, what? Uh, I have not played the demo. Okay, so Square. Enix, yeah, Square Enix released the demo for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Josh, you haven't played it yet, have you? Mm, or have you? I have not. I have oh, not. It is... It's only like an hour to an hour and a half long, not even. And I was a little skeptical at first, because when they were showing off the new comment, I'm like, yeah, that looks really good and flashy, but I just beat Kingdom Hearts 3. I know to set my expectations a little bit lower now. And, uh, no. No! It is good! It is so damn Uh-oh. good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I was taken aback. There were moments where I was actually grinning ear to ear because they got everything that I wanted right. The only, well, no, no. The voice acting for Barrett, uh, leave it to a Japanese voice director to get how a black person would sound 100% incorrectly. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, it's, it's... The, mm. The way they portray Barrett is pretty uh, obtuse. Is, is, way is it like? Is it like? Does he speak jive? He tries. Bad or? Okay. Oh real quick. no. Okay. I I I want to get back to this, but I just had an idea for content. The three of us take a trip to Japan, and we okay. just record people reacting to you, Ray. Just like the entire trip. That sounds it, great. I've been told. If you are black and going to Japan, it's an experience, but nothing will compare to being black and going to China. These uh, and and this is from my friend. That's both. <laughs> this is from my friend that spent a year in China, and I know China's in the news for a lot of weird shit. But 
Let's be honest, uh, China. You guys put your, this one on yourselves because I've seen the videos of this happening. They will walk up and touch your hair without asking. They're like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Sarah, when she um, previously had – she had gone to China mm-hmm. um, in the past, and uh, um, when people would look at her red hair, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, red hair. And one time she made a kid cry because she didn't know. <laughs> the kid was like, ah, scary. Why, why are you not like everybody else? <laughs> anyway, back to Barry Sarah Ray. Sarah's sad face. Uh, yeah, but uh, there's a switching mechanic. You're not just playing Cloud the entire time. You could switch to Barrett and use his gun, gun arm for long-range combat. Uh, he uh, Doing the limit breaks in the game is incredible. Uh, like, the the anime weeb in me is just loving every bit of this game. And there's an actual strategic element. You can't just be clout and slash sword everywhere and just push X to win like you can in Kingdom Hearts. No, there is serious tactics involved with the game. You have to dodge. You have to bob. You have to weave. You have to stagger the enemy. You have to use your magic on the right time for the right enemies because sometimes your magic doesn't mean anything to an enemy. And sometimes it's needed to actually lower their defenses to... Weaken enemy to damage them. And uh, also, it looks beautiful. Oh my gosh. It looks phenomenal. If ever, Everyone that has a PS4 should at least try the game. And at the end of the demo is the piece of resistance of marketing. Uh, at the end of the demo, they're like, thank you for playing the demo. Which version would you like to pre-order? <laughs> the base game or the digital deluxe? <laughs> Now, the base game of part one and, and, of the remake. Yeah, that's, that's not the even thing the full parts. Still concerns me about this whole situation is like, I, it's not that I don't think that they've got the chops to potentially like do this game justice, make it look really pretty, be true to the original, but make some you know updates that will make it more modern. But like the fact that I feel like a lot of people are not gonna a hundred percent realize that when you buy this game, you are not getting all of final fantasy 7 like no and and i you know i don't know if they've announced like what they're charging for it or how that you know that pricing's going to work but like there's just something there's just it still just doesn't sit right with me that they're going to charge for part 1 of final fantasy 7 and and you know it, mm, i just can't i can't quite put my finger on it, it just feels yeah. purposefully deceptive yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I don't know what the what the pricing is on it, but it is. It does seem a little. Uh, odd. It's it's premium game pricing. It's sixty bucks. I mean, I guess they are, they are doing like a lot of work, so that makes sense. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll just we'll see how that kind of turns out, because that is kind of weird that they're like, oh yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake. I, I'm actually not happy that it, there's a part one. Like the two the. The part of me in 2017 that heard that it was going to be a part one of, like, three was really, really disappointed and wondering what the hell they were doing. But I also remember back in 2017, we were questioning if this game was even going to come out because it's been in development hell that long. So now I'm just like, if this is what you have to do to actually make the complete version, you have to break it up into parts because development costs are high. And looking at the game, I can tell this is an expensive game to make. They... I, uh, I cannot say that they've cut corners or a lot of corners at all. So 
I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. I don't know how long it's going to take to release each part. I don't even know if part two is in the works. Who knows? So we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. I have my digital deluxe copy pre-ordered because it comes with the uh, soundtrack, which... Oh, Josh! You know the fight, the opening fight theme that... Dun, dun, there are eight different versions of that in the demo <laughs> and they're all orchestrated oh. <laughs> hey guys i got a i got a situation for you but and I, I, i'm very curious because like what if they release part one mm-hmm. and part two never comes out oh, stop it I don't want to live in this timeline. Let's stop it. <laughs> Ray, you already do. You're not allowed to do this. You know there's a non-zero chance that that could happen. There, there is a non-zero chance. you gross. Uh, let's talk about Doom Eternal before I get uh, slightly upset. Yeah, the, the, the Doom Animal Crossing day has finally occurred. That was ac- as of recording yesterday. No, two days ago. Time yeah, is a flat days. circle at this point right now, but... <laughs> What day? Uh, Who are you people? I'm playing through Doom Eternal, and, uh... Speak on it. It's different. That's the best way I could put it. It is... It is... If you're coming into this expecting, like, just a repeat of Doom 2016, no, this is, like... If you were to take Doom 2016 as the template... They have built up and upon this template to the point where it feels like the fourth game after Doom 2016. There are so many more mechanics they've added. Uh, the Does first weapon you get in the like... game, and I'm going to be as like spoiler-free as possible because... Okay, so, so that's something I need to talk about. Also, there are spoilers I can talk about. In Doom 2016, there was like uh, th- there wasn't that much of a story. It was... Yeah, I feel like you couldn't really spoil that game because... Yeah, I mean, you could say it, but you it would those moments would still wouldn't like. You kill like, more it's demons. It's different than someone telling you, "Oh, you chick chick the shotgun after you go up the elevator," but when you see it in game, you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that's... so it just hits differently. Uh, Can't really spoil that. No, but so. Not spoilers and whatnot. Uh, the first weapon you get is the shotgun, and you're like, all right, here we go. There's no, like, infinitely recharging pistol. They just give you the shotgun. But the first thing you notice with the shotgun, and I was talking with Mike about this earlier, is that there's only, like, 12 or 14 rounds of ammunition, and that's a hard cap. You have to, like, get mm-hmm. upgrades throughout the game to raise that cap, and you're like, okay, that's a lot lower than normal. The second weapon you get is the chainsaw, and it's infinitely reusable. It just has a recharge system. You're like, okay, alright! We're really getting to the ripping and tearing now, now that I don't have to always worry about fuel consumption. But that's what they want you to do. They want you to constantly use the chainsaw uh, to constantly get ammo, because there's so little ammo that you're going to get from this shotgun. And they're, they've created this combat loop of constantly ripping and tearing Mm-hmm. And it's not what I expected, and it's very different. I'm not used to having such little ammo to micromanage while playing a Doom game. If anything, if my if they were going to keep that ammo counter l- that low, I wish the UI, for how much ammo you had in your weapon, was a bit bigger. 
And, and by bigger, I mean like you need the gun from Halo where it's like in your face bigger because every time I'm playing through Doom, I'm like, all right, I have a ton of ammo. Let's go ahead and get at these demons. But no, it's like, no, you've only got a couple rounds and some of these demons take two shots to kill, even though it's a shotgun, do what you can. Um, you do have a melee attack. That's different. Mm -hmm. You eventually get a grenade launcher that's attached to your shoulder, which is also infinitely firing. It just has a recharge system. You have a flamethrower that also is attached to the grenade launcher, which when you flamethrow demons, uh, they start spitting armor shards off of their body, and the more damage you do to the demon, the more armor shards you can collect, and that's one of the easier ways to get armor in the game. There's a constant loop that you're... It's not just you're ripping and tearing through demons. It's you're ripping and tearing with purpose. With love, if you... <laughs> now, with care. For with the care. most part, that's pretty similar to the original 2016 Doom in terms of, like, you know, you need to kind of not just go around killing, but you need to get the glory kills. You need to do that so you can keep mm -hmm. replenishing the ammo. and help. Like, you, you want to go through... And kind of chain together those actions to continue on throughout. You can't just go and like, I'm gonna shotgun everybody the entire time because you know you're gonna run out of ammo, you're gonna run out of health. Like, you gotta, you know, you, you gotta get, you gotta hug a demon every once in a while. You gotta get face to face. You gotta caress it as you rip it apart. So I'm playing on hurt me plenty mode, which is just a normal mode, and the demons hurt, like, uh. You, the regular, like, human zombie demons you remember from Doom 1, those can easily take you out if you're not paying attention because all of them are hitting for, like, 20, 15. I think the weakest one hits for 15 points of damage. And when you're when you're sitting on 100 hit points, that's only a couple shots. And there's more than one of them in that little battle arena. So you're needing the glory kill. You're needing the chainsaw. It's a, your health is a micromanagement bar that you're constantly worrying about. Okay, so all of that sounds well and fine. If that was all there was to it, you know, I'd still say this is a great Doom game. Here's where, where it gives me pause and makes me say, like, this feels like it's Doom in name only. There is a lot, and I mean a lot, of platforming and platforming puzzling. Uh, you have a double jump, and you have an in-air dash attack. Oh, it's not an attack. An in-air dash and they make you make use of that constantly. And that feels so weird when there's constant pauses in the action and you're having to worry about how you're going to platform from one location to another. It's odd. I just... Like, uh, and how do you feel about... Um, so now you're mentioning this, because it, it kind of feels like they've added a lot of kind of like meta mechanics on top of the doom from 2016 like do you feel like it's like a less streamlined experience oh it's so much less streamlined oh my gosh it's uh it's overwhelmed I, I, to another mm. group of friends i was talking about they all play through doom 2016 i would say there's an overwhelming amount of options you have to kill demons but some of those options are bad options like you could use your flamethrower, but you should use your flamethrower in groups so you can get the armor points so that you can, uh, and if you're getting too overwhelmed there, you can use, you get a, uh, your grenade launcher gets a freeze ray attachment or a freezing attachment. You should freeze those demons to ice them, but if you ice them too hard, then you won't get the health pickups from them. And you're like, ah, I just want to kill demons. Why are you making this so difficult? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, your super shotgun has a meat hook attachment, which you could use. It's a grappling hook attachment, which you could use to grapple onto demons, and that doesn't get old. I, I just want to make that also extremely clear. Nothing is more satisfying than when an imp is trying to run away from you and you just say, You thought wrong! <laughs> and you pull them into the double shotgun. It feels like that, uh, feels good. that one guy of Mortal Kombat fame would often say, Get over here. Please yes. come back. Please return. <laughs> it's. Also, there, there's a negative to that, uh, or there's a positive. You could use the grapple hook not to sh not just to sh pull yourself or them to shotgun, but you could also use it as a actual grapple lasso, grapple lasso. So you can hook onto them and swing around the battlefield, <laughs> and then unhook from style. them and shotgun some other demon, which I do constantly because it's funny and fun. I I would still so. recommend this game. I will say though that replaying Doom 2016 will be uh that's a temp that's a very brief template into the how the combat works, but ooh, uh, I kind of feel like I should I cuz I was thinking about Doom, but I kind of feel like maybe I should just replay the the 2016 one cuz I don't think I've played it since I originally played through it and I've loved that game. It's very good. Pl Playing this game has made me want to go back and replay the 2016 one because it was yeah, simpler. That. Yeah, that's I that's kind of that's because when I saw a lot of footage of like the platforming and mm. the, and that stuff, I was not super sold. But I wanted to hear how it is. But I uh, you'll have to let us know how it made because maybe once you kind of get more into it, like it'll you know kind of just let you play the game because. Uh, I, cause at least so far, like uh, Borderlands Three just came out on Steam, and I picked it up and started the early bits of it. Mm. And God, it's like it's, I just want to play the game, but I'm constantly getting interrupted by. Maybe it's just because I I think Claptrap is literally the worst thing to ever happen to video games. Mm. I despise him actively every day. Uh, but there's just so much <laughs> of that. Just like is it's just like it's so stop and start. I'm like, just let me play the game. And there's just like constant annoying interruptions of like uh, here's the half hour like tutorial mission of like walking around the spaceship and I'm like i do not care about this let me just play the game oh my god let me shoot stuff this is very frustrating but i like i'm enjoying that game i'm only like a little bit into it but i i enjoy it but oh oh i, I want to bring this up just to make very clear they never make you do their weird platforming in the middle of a combat arena so that's a huge bonus yeah i feel like combining that would be very kind of would be kind of annoying oh i would hate it i would despise it you can do it there are uh hidden items in the game that if you start doing the platforming uh through certain sections you could find like quadruple damage you could find extra armor you could find extra uh rare ammo so it's not mm -hmm. required to be done but if you do make some sense uh, make some use of it. I have seen like little benefits to, that come from it. It's still fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I'm gonna keep playing it when uh, we're done podcasting here. So it's not a, by any means a bad yeah. game. I'm. It's just weird to me. Jury's still out on some of those, some of the new stuff. You'll have to keep us posted on that. Uh, and I do, I do, Josh, plan on, I do plan uh, on jumping into it at, at some point as well, um, just to to give it a try because I very much. In very much enjoyed the uh, the 2016 Doom, so I'm I'm looking forward to getting in there and 
messing some demons up. Uh, there, <clears throat> you have a, this, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but you have a hub. I'm not going to describe the hub to you, but you, the Doomslayer has a hub that he regularly goes back to. Interesting. And once you see That's it, weird. I want to talk to you guys about it once you guys take a look at it, because I was like, that was the point where I started to become a little bit critical of the game. Like, I think this is too much. I think you guys went a little too far. <laughs> well, I assume by the the, the next recording, uh, I will have I've jumped in. I have the game downloaded, so I mm. imagine the next day or two I'll have uh, cracked into that a little bit and, and given it a shot. So join in the ripping and tearing. Oh, oh, I I forgot to say this. Uh, or we were getting to it. You know how there's the lore in the background of like where the Doomerine slash Doomslayer comes from and uh, how Hell had to try to beat him back and the best they could do is lock him in the sarcophagus because they're like, we just can't deal with this guy right now. Trap him in. He's just a lot, okay? <laughs> just he's just like, he's just, he's just, he's just a lot, you know? So take that lore and now it's plot and it's just part of the game and story complete with cutscenes and everything. And that also made me think, like, this is a bit much. I liked it better when it was lore that I could explore on my own time. Now you're just like, hey, Doom Slayer, this is where he comes from. This is his backstory. And it's like, I don't, I, I, I actually didn't want any of this. I didn't sign up for this. So I see that, but I also kind of think that it was, like, the logical next step from the way that Doom 2016 ended. Like, I just... Sure. The, the the way that throughout the whole thing that there is this weird like cult church following around the Doomslayer and this whole uh, a concept of he was literally too badass for hell that they had to like lock him away to try and just keep the peace in hell essentially like the way that that 2016 wrapped up it just kind of seemed like that that was going to be the forefront of things have gone off the rails mm. Doomslayer is at the head of that because it's just that this is who he is this is why this happened they locked him away to try and get to the point where they could defeat him now here's the battle of can they do it can they yeah have they, have they spent enough time amassing enough hell forces to combat the doom slayer like it i get what you're saying and i maybe i'll have a different opinion once i get into it but i kind of had a feeling like that's where things were gonna go come a sequel uh, if you're really into that stuff of learning more about doomslayer where he comes from is he human is he an alien are the demons aliens if you're into that lore stuff do not worry they will shove that stuff all at you with sometimes right. 10 minute long cutscenes. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I, I will, I'm, I'm here to be shooting demons what, what is this a movie <laughs> Can I have a 10-second cutscene? <laughs> no. No. It's like when I'm playing a Hideo Kojima game. I'm like, what is this, 10 minutes of gameplay? I'm here to watch a Kojima game. I'm okay. Hello. So You know what you signed up for when you're playing Metal Gear Solid 4. You're not signing up to play a game, damn it. No, you're, you're there signing for up to experience they might the well... then conclusion of a can timeless we, Can we trilogy. classify Metal Gear Solid 4 as a visual novel? Yes. I think that's acceptable. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the difficult. Well, it's it be it's not a visual novel until you level up your invisible camo and then get a sniper rifle with a silencer on it, and then it just becomes a visual novel because <laughs> then, then you can just no skill your way through the whole game, and it's fine. The Beauty and the Beast Squadron. Oh my goodness! Oh god, well, that sounds great to me. Well, have to... your sound for is kind of dumb as hell. It's it's like deliciously dumb. I <laughs> what what oh, does he say? Boy. I am thunder, the rain given form. Crack 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 riding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> speaking speaking uh, of Doom Crossing Day. Yeah. Michael. What you got going on over there? Uh well, like I said, I've been playing a touch of Borderlands. Uh Animal Crossing just came out. Um there's been a decent amount of it played in our household. I've only done a little bit of it. Uh so I don't want to give a full report yet. I believe that uh Sarah is enjoying it. She gives it a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to assume two thumbs up, but she didn't want to stop playing Animal Crossing to do that. That's a good sign. She yeah, she that's, that that's exactly what she wanted to do. So uh one thing I noticed immediately is that uh it's the first console Animal Crossing, I think, since, like, home console, and since the, I think, the very first one. Uh, the GameCube one, actually. GameCube, if I'm not mistaken. Right? And, yeah. And you can tell, and I, I guess this, I was just kind of had a new leaf in my head, but, like, just the, the style is so, it's, it looks gorgeous. Like, it has, a, like, a lot of the, you know, same kind of design and charm. And style that works really well, but just like it finally has a little bit more graphic power behind it, and like the wind, you, it kind of moves and it like blows through the trees, and it's really nice. And like the the ocean, like you can see the waves coming in, and it all like works very well. But it it feels like it finally has. It feels like they finally have like the hardware power to back up and really kind of create this like. Very, like really kind of sell this like pleasant environment to be in not that like new leaf couldn't do that but immediately it's just like it looks so good i love like it it looks amazing um I, i'm tempted to pick it up um and let's see what else uh oh in as far as the destiny field reporter update <laughs> uh there's a new season of stuff um everyone on reddit hates it uh, my opinion is that if uh, you feel like Destiny is a bit of a grind, I agree with you. Uh, to that, I would also recommend that if you are not having a great time grinding out three different things on, like, th- three characters, I would recommend not doing that because that's for crazy people, and you don't need to play that much Destiny. Because <laughs> um, that's, that's the often That's what it usually comes down to. It's like, yeah, I'm a casual Destiny player. I play about, like, uh, four hours every day. Um, uh, and I just, I don't have, I, I think grinding out everything on all three of my max light characters is really exhausting. I'm like, what if you only just did it on one character? And like, that's not an option. Impossible. How dare you? <laughs> like, it's, it's okay. You don't have to, you can just take a break. It's fine. Um, but, uh, I guess the most newsworthy thing out of Destiny, uh, is the return of the, Beloved, despised game mode, Trials of Osiris, where the the tryhard of tryhard Crucible comes together, and I've dipped into a little bit. Um, I have won one game 
and lost many others. <laughs> I have won exactly one game. <laughs> because Trials, uh, you know, <laughs> it is a pinnacle endgame PvP activity, so it is hard, but uh, I've, uh, it's, it's, I do kind of like the speed. Like, uh, you know, it's 3v3, you know, one, like, kind of five rounds. Uh, first to, like, first to five. You know, no no respawns or anything. Uh, so it's really cool. Um, like, it's very intense. Uh, I think some of the gear they've got is pretty cool for it. They've got some of the old weapons back, and the armor is back as well. Um, I wish I was better at it. <laughs> uh, I, I watched uh, that video you sent, and I said... Pretty much exactly what I mean when it comes to trials one v three. I can't imagine ever being that good at any first person shooter. For so yeah, that's incredible. For someone to keep taking the one v three cards and just like dropping W's like he's made of them. Yeah, and uh, there's a um, right now the kind of multiplayer meta is in a weird place where this one this one gun that has been in the game forever was always like not super great but now is like one of the goat crucible guns <laughs> and to be able to use it all the time and it's like it because it, it like it's it's hard light if you guys remember um i have that gun you told me not to get yeah, it at first it's no it's very good now yay <laughs> uh because it's uh um the funny thing is, because if you shoot at a target, it does a lot of damage. But if you reflect it off of, like, a wall or the floor, it does double damage. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> so if you, like, if you get someone down and they, like, run to disengage and round a corner, you just, like, start shooting at the wall. And if you, like, can flick them, then they're dead. <laughs> so you're just, like, like, doing some quick geometry in your head. You're like, aha! Yeah, you no, know, exactly. <laughs> Triangulated! <laughs> calculated! Um... <laughs> so it does, you know, because it's like a very obvious laser to exactly where you are, uh, it does tell you exactly, you know, it does tell the other team exactly where you are. But uh, it's overall like, you know, I wish I was better at it, but it's very cool that Trials is back. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to plan to, you know, give it a, few, a go a few more times and uh, maybe maybe get to the lighthouse someday, but... And until then, it will just be salt. But, uh, that's, um, like I said, I'm kind of working on Borderlands right now because some other guys picked it up. And I need to keep playing more Death Stranding as, as it is a very relevant game where you're trying to digitally connect society uh, of after, every, after a cataclysm happened and everybody's stuck inside. That's a little too real. Kojima, you've done it again. You have like Metal Gear Solid 2 time to reality about seven years. Mm -hmm. Death Stranding time to reality about six months. <laughs> if, We're going to have to ask him to stop making games because it's getting it's getting weird out there. It's like he could see the writing on the wall and he just says, why doesn't anyone make a game about this? Well, I'm going to do it. We all thought he was crazy, but he was the most sane one in the room. Nah, he was social distancing before it was cool. Ugh. I, I I was about to get into a whole rant about how people have not been taking social distancing seriously, and that's yeah, we uh, understandable, but we yeah. don't have to have that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk take it seriously, folks. We're going to talk Please next. Be uh, how about we close this out talking about the new Xbox Series X and PS5 reveals? 
Oh yeah, because that happened this week. That did happen. Um. Um. So I guess what I'm gonna say is, uh, um, I think people were a little uh salty about people were like a little salty about like the PS5 reveal, but I think people also kind of forgot this was supposed to be their like GDC reveal, mm-hmm. and so when it was like a very weirdly technical thing, they're like, "Who cares about this?" And it's like, "Well, it's for developers, not you." Yeah. Shut yeah. Up. <laughs> so I kind of get that, uh, and it sounds like it's. I'm pretty excited because I think everyone because it's got that built-in solid-state drive, so it's really I think that no, having that be part of the, um, like knowing that every single PS5 is gonna have that I think will be very cool for developers because I mean because you've never been able to plan with like that kind of mass install base for something like that so it's gonna. I I don't know if I'm like being too sci-fi here, but I think it could really change the way people like make games. Yeah, because no, it... I I really think that this whole fast storage situation is probably going to be the most impactful feature for both mm-hmm. of these consoles, rather than just their their performance enhancement or like or like pure graphical fidelity. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you can always add more polygons, you can always add more gigahertz, you can always add more teraflops, but having that consistent, fast storage that that is integrated into the system in such a way that you know everybody's going to have, like like Mike was saying, is is such. Um, such a boost and i think that the the tech demo with the with the spider-man loading through new york and, and moving so seamlessly i think that's a big representation of just what scratching the surface of what they're going to be able to do with that fast storage mm-hmm. um now I, I can't remember if sony announced but i know that the xbox said that their their series x is going to launch with a terabyte um built in and then an expansion slot for an additional terabyte at first you know i I imagine at some point they will um expand that out but you know so so two terabytes of that fast storage available at some point which i think is mostly reasonable um, especially if they get more granular about the way you can manage your files and, and those games. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure I'm a lot of people would like to see more um, or people being upset about not being able to play a Series X game from an external USB drive. But, you know, that's kind of the point of the fast storage is you have to be on that NVMe yeah. link and not the, you know, USB slow bus like that's just how that works um i'm here for the backwards compatibility and their apparently their lack of with the ps5 as announced meanwhile xbox series x is like you want backwards compatibility baby girl come on we got original xbox backwards compatibility you want to put that chex quest cd in our uh, xbox it'll work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember that slime soccer burn CD you had from 8th grade computer lab? That'll work too. You Try. want Pup Adventure Golf? Come on with the floppies. We got a slot for that. <laughs> I've got a slot. Oh, no. Um, uh, That's so silly. Yes, I, I saw that um, 
I think that they're at at the least looking at like the top um for PS4 having like the top uh what did they say it was like top 100 games based on playtime slash engagement or whatever to uh-huh. compat over to the PS5 or and I think what that was like with enhanced support um so yeah it'll be interesting to see like what that looks like because i know that there were some people hoping for like a full playstation back compat like back to like ps1 or whatever but it sounds like that is probably not going to be the case here i mean there are there are some rumors of of backwards compatibility through the ps1 generation obviously nothing is confirmed you know i think that's one of those things that they save a little closer to launch to say like yeah they are actually able to get something on that SOC that they can do, you know, native PS1, 2, 3 rendering, um, you know, whether or not that, that they just put on, uh, you know, a chip that helps read them or, or what. But, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a little closer and they say, oh, okay, guys, by the way, throw in any disc you want and it's going to work, baby. Um, yeah, I would also that would be, be really cool. Said, but You know what? We have a perfectly great – online shop where you can go and purchase all of those games for that would be nice Ding. also uh what was it microsoft announced that most of everything that will work with their xbox one series x horrible name by the way awful awful name <laughs> just they awful. really should just go to xbox like they really should have just called it the xbox now What's wrong with I mean, Xbox they, 6 or 5 or whatever I mean, number they, they're on? They kind of already do call it the Xbox because it's the Xbox Series X, and I imagine that whatever the, the other version that comes out will be the Xbox Series blah, blah, blah. So, like, they've kind of already done that, but they haven't. Just call it the fucking Xbox. It's what it is. Yeah. I mean, the, what do you maybe call they, the Maybe next that's Xbox? why they do it, just because it's like, maybe that's why they have a purposely confusing name, so everyone just calls it the Xbox. <laughs> that could be it, because they don't have something catchy as PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5. Like, since it's just so easy to do that, you know. Yeah. So they, they ever, so they like they know they can just name it whatever because they know everyone just calls it the Xbox anyway. Josh, I want to bring up a couple months ago you were against calling it the PS5. I mean, they should just call it the PlayStation. Stop it! What is with you? What but obviously, you... they're going to call it the PS5. I think that's, like, the easiest thing to do. And I'm kind of sad that... Yeah. I mean, Nintendo comes up with fun and weird, stupid names. Yeah. Xbox... I mean, Microsoft seems to be the one that says, let's make the most obtuse names possible for our systems. I, for one, can't wait for the new Switch. Um, where it's just, like, a Switch... But it has like a third. It has like a third jut out for like another Joy-Con on it for no reason. It's so like imagine like a Nintendo sixty four controller. Yeah, imagine the N sixty four controller, but as, as a Switch. That that's what's gonna. That's the next one. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's that's like that's the that's the docking <laughs> port. <laughs> it just like docks in the bottom full thing. Yeah, that's 100% what's going to happen. Yeah, no, it's going to suck. I love it. I am curious what Nintendo's next console would be, but honestly, real talk, they don't have to release a new one. It's pretty good. 
right. That, uh... Yeah, I think, I, I think the Switch is just going to be, like, I think that's going to be their form factor going for, forward for a while, and we're just going to see iterations and variations on it. Like, you're just going to find updated models. You're going to find, you know, the faster version, you know, the the Switch Lite, the Switch Pro. Like, I think that's just going to be it going forward. Like, I don't think they need to do another console of any kind. Like, they've they've got it unlocked there. But, you know, they've got a couple years till we see anything coming out of that, so... Who knows? But you know how you can know? <laughs> how, Joshua? Oh my goodness. If you follow and subscribe to Unscripted Gaming to be kept abreast of all the latest gaming news, you can get us on YouTube at Unscripted Gaming, Facebook, Unscripted Gaming, Twitter.com slash Unscript underscore gaming. You can get us on SoundCloud, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcast. Get us anywhere you want and coming soon mm. unscriptedgaming.com that is coming soon it's yes. happening yes yes so get prepared get followed get subscribed get us everywhere get it going good so thanks Thank for you. listening to unscripted gaming i'm josh i'm mike i'm ray peace <laughs>